Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, the Israel and Hamas war, and I use war in quotations, has been raging since October 7th, where hostages were taken, people killed, and since then, 30,000 Palestinians have been murdered. 30,000. Most of them women and children. If you were looking to eviscerate a people, you would do so by murdering women and children. Children being the future and women being the people with uteruses that can bear children. This is not a war, in my opinion, because a war is when two countries, two groups, two tribes are utilizing the same tactics, access, and going after one another. That's not what this is, and it's not what it's ever been. The Palestinians don't have any guns or rockets, and you can argue, oh, well, what about Hamas? Are we listening every single day as there are bombs being dropped on Tel Aviv? No, we're not. On Jerusalem and any other parts of Israel, Bethlehem? No, we're not. Those things are not happening. Life is going on, except for where there are occupied spaces where Palestinians live. This is not, and has not been, an equal war. This has been about, as Netanyahu's own cabinet members have said, getting rid of Palestinians and committing genocide. This world is filled with so much fucking evil. Everywhere. Yesterday I talked to you all about the beating of Nex Benedict that resulted in that child's 
death to traumatic brain injury. We have seen pictures of famine, complete and other utter devastation in Gaza, in Congo, in Sudan. And in some ways, we can become so desensitized to it. Oh, it's just what happens to people over there. Oh, well, if Nex had just gone along with everybody else, then they'd still be alive. Oh, those kids didn't know what they were doing when they were banging their head into the floor of the bathroom. Except we know what is happening. We know that language is critical when working to other and dehumanize other groups of people to then be able to justify their obliteration. Whether it's in a bathroom in Oklahoma, a church in South Carolina, or the city of Rafa. I don't know how to continue to wrap my mind around the amount of grief that we are all being asked to hold every day. When I shared the story yesterday of next, I took the day off from social media after that. I went and did a deep dive into, you know, the TikTok story that's trending right now, the 50-part series. Because I just needed something else. I needed a distraction. Because the pain, the grief, the utter disregard. I say this all the time that when I was younger and I was learning about the Holocaust and watching Schindler's List in my high school auditorium, I just kept asking like my history professors and teachers throughout the years, how could this happen? How do six million people get murdered and the world just go on? And now I know. They didn't have an answer. Right? It's the same question that I asked when learning about enslaved Africans who, by the way, if you really want to know, like, the treatment of enslaved people, like, the stories that I still learn are just so like, oh my God, the depravity of white enslavers, like the absolute fucking depravity that you must have to treat another human being in such a way. It's astonishing because those stories still make me sick because we don't even know the half of the half. Why does America, why does the world repeat history? Because they don't fucking teach it. Not in its visceral, real, 
raw truth. You learn about George Washington telling little lies and chopping down a cherry tree, not ripping the teeth out of his slaves and putting it in his own fucking mouth. You get said lies about, oh, uh, a love affair between Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings, not the fact that she was a 14-year-old girl that was property and raped unrelentingly by a man double her age whose children that she would bear who wouldn't even be able to be buried and recognized in the same lot. That is love? That's the love affair we were fucking spoon-fed? Give me a fucking break. Just like we are told, right? Palestinian people, they're violent people. They need to be herded up in open-air prisons and stripped of their self-actualization, their liberty, their humanity. If your freedom relies on someone else's oppression, you will never be free. So what are we talking about these days? How much inhumanity, how much depravity we can take in on a regular basis while seemingly trying desperately to hold on to our sanity and our own humanity. Because the way that we allow ourselves to become desensitized, the more brutal this world will become. The other day I was having a conversation and trying to figure out, oh, are we going to cover the shooting after the Super Bowl on another show that I do? And folks are like, well, you know, the people that track mass shootings are going to start to think about different ways to track because there are just so many. And since only one person was killed and 22 injured, he said, what? So now we've moved the needle. It's not enough to have one death. We must have 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 in order for it to be worthy of coverage. So yeah, I took a beat yesterday. Because my, I am so tired. Like my body is just physically tired. And I keep thinking like, what's wrong with me? Am I coming down with something? Am I, am I sick? No. Not physically. But the weight of all this? It's so heavy. It's so, so heavy. And I don't know. I do know, though, that um, the AME Church this week in an article in the New York Times is saying what many of us are saying to the Biden administration as it pertains to Gaza. Quote, what we are saying is enough is enough. We felt we needed to take it a step further because the money issue must be addressed. Israel has a right to defend itself, but why are we paying? Why are we paying for the destruction of people? That is a quote from Bishop Richardson, who presides over 200 congregations in Texas. The AME Church, which boasts membership of 3 million Black Americans, 
are calling for the Biden administration not only to issue and push for a ceasefire, but they are calling on this administration to stop funding the destruction of a people. And what they are saying as the base of the Democratic Party is that Black people are seeing what is happening. And their allegiance to the Democratic Party, based on its unwavering support for mass murder, is fraying their ability to remain in Joe Biden's corner. So today, in my conversation with our friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain, we talk about this. And this is a conversation that was recorded earlier, but with this new New York Times piece entitled Prominent Black Church Leaders Call, for end of U.S. aid to Israel, the African Methodist Episcopal Church Bishop Council says American financial assistance to help Israel fight its war in Gaza supports mass genocide. We're in trouble. The Democratic Party is in fucking trouble. And I'm starting to see the writing on the wall and it don't look good. So if your body feels some days as heavy as mine does this week, take a beat, rest, recuperate. Because we're going to need every bit of strength to get to November. Coming up next, my conversation with our dear friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, 
start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, you know that whenever I have the opportunity to welcome back to Woke AF Daily, my friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain and just all around incredible advocate, justice warrior. I'm always incredibly honored and pleased. Mark, it's been a time. It has been a deep several months in this country as we have are continuing to bear witness to the atrocities in Gaza Recently, uh, the poll numbers out for Biden of his handling right now of what is happening, the genocide that is taking place is um, poor, to say the very friggin' least. Uh, the poll numbers are poor uh, when looking at his handling. 60% of people believe that he is handling uh, the situation in Israel and in Gaza in the worst way. You have been a part of what we have witnessed as a extraordinary push and collaboration of Black faith leaders across the country calling for a ceasefire. I want to give you the opportunity to bring us through the timeline that has led thousand plus faith leaders, Black faith leaders from across the country to urge President Biden to say ceasefire. Talk to us about the the initially the ad, the full page ad that was taken out in the New York Times. Well, first of all, Danielle, uh, uh, thanks for having me. It's an, always an honor to be with you and the Woke AF audience. First of all, um, Pastor Michael McBride and the Reverend Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner, pa Pastor Mike with the Black Church Pack, Dr. Skinner, who was actually the founder of the annual Congressional Black Caucus prayer breakfast every year, convened close to a thousand, maybe more of us in black clergy and African-American clergy, and not just those who were ordained, but anyone in faith leadership in our communities to sign on to a full page ad in uh in the new york times that was back in november before thanksgiving and so over, about a thousand signed on and i think that number had even grown but the likes of james forbes and jeremiah wright and jesse jesse jackson and even james lawson who was in his 90s james lawson was the organizer of the nashville sit-in movement and the organizer of the memphis sanitation worker strike um, he went to India mm -hmm. even before Dr. King did, and he was usually Dr. King's advanced person when it came to setting up nonviolent campaigns. He signed on to this ceasefire, and the ceasefire demanded a release on a, a release of all the hostages, be they hostages held by the Israeli government or hostages held by Hamas, and it called for an immediate ceasefire um, that the mm -hmm. Biden administration would abide by that. And and we had met with several officials in the Biden administration. I'm sure your audience is aware that within the administration, there has been some pushback. There have even been some mutinies, some resignations, because there are those within the administration who do not support the administration giving unconditional arms uh, to Israel to carry out what some have even likened to a genocide. Um, mm -hmm. That has been the issue. And so there was this full page ad in the New York Times. We did some some media around it, including with Joy Reid. And then what you saw um, most recently with the New York was the New York Times piece. But just before the New York Times piece, the day after Dr. King's birthday, we spent a couple of months on it. And I admit it was one of the hardest things I've ever pulled together. But a group of us uh, we're at a retreat and there was a songwriting workshop. We were with Red Letter Christians uh, in at the Alex Haley Farm. And myself and Nabil Ince and Philip Jobert of a great 
spiritual gospel group known as Common Hymnal. You all can follow them at Common Hymnal. They just released a single called God of Color. The two of them, plus the Reverend Dr. Jack Sullivan and Bishop Dwayne Royster, just started writing a song. And so, well, brothers, why don't we write a song with some with some relevant meaning and purpose today? And we wrote a ceasefire song. And then we began to produce a music video. I was pretty much the lead in organizing it. Uh, I confess of all the things I've organized, this is probably the toughest. It's easier for me just to organize folk and to go to jail and to go to jail myself than it is to do a music video. <laughs> uh, uh, believe it or not, folks, it really is. I mean, I can roll out bed and go to jail. Music video, uh, something else. But I don't feel so bad because it took a few months. The, the Netflix documentary on We All the World was released. And the song wasn't released for three months after they did the, the recording. So I don't feel so bad. It didn't take me quite three months. So I'm still a little bit better than we are the world. Uh, but uh, we released the ceasefire song, uh, the lead singer being Ayanna Gregory, along with Common Hymnal and a host of some of our friends and activists in the community uh, from Linda, Linda Sarsour to Tamika Mallory to um, the Reverend James Forbes again. Uh, and some of the individuals that were in the New York Times article, uh, Reverend James Lawson, Reverend Jeremiah Wright. Um, so we did this uh, around January 16th. And then in the past, what, 10 days or so, the New York Times has done a story. So it's it's got a lot of pickup and traffic. And, and why did this happen? I don't know many clergy who aren't standing with us, because how can you be a person of faith and not decry? the level of violence that is taking place and the disproportionate number of Palestinians and Gazans, particularly young people who are building who are being who are being killed in this. So that's essentially what we've done. Um, there's a call to prophetic moral authority, a call that we are answering and to say to the Biden administration and enough is enough. Now, there are some who've gone so far as to say they may not support Joe Biden. Right. Right. Me 24. That is not uh, a consensus by everyone, because frankly, we know the alternative isn't better. But to be truthful, that's just us. I mean, we can say what we are and are not going to do. Danielle, we're at a moment where there are those in the electorate. We don't know because they're not they're not out front like us. They're not talking. And the longer this goes on, I think the Biden administration will be naive or the campaign will be naive to think he's not losing votes every day. He's got to win Michigan. Michigan is in peril electorally for the Biden-Harris ticket because of what is going on in Gaza. Uh, I believe the Biden administration. I believe them when they say they're trying to work out a solution. I, I think they're finally getting it. But when this happened, Daniel Moody on October 7th. Yep. yep. I called several friends mm -hmm. and I said, y'all, this is 1980 Jimmy Carter all over again. And folks didn't believe me at first, but you'd be surprised. Just yesterday, I was with some leaders in the Jewish community and they said, brother, you said that we didn't believe you, but you are absolutely right. Because Netanyahu, Putin, and Trump are all working together. This is more than about what's going on over there. It's also to impact what's going on over here. Remind folks, too, about what exactly happened with Jimmy Carter and why he ended up as a one-term president. I mean, we will can say that he, you know, his influence did not wane and actually grew following uh, his his time as president of the United States. But to your earlier point, we are in a lot different, uh, a, a, an extraordinarily different moment, I will say, uh, a perilous one. But but do remind people of exactly what happened that then would usher in the first Bush. There was an uprising um, in Iran against the Shah who was one of those uh, royal family leaders that the United States had propped up for decades and people were sick of it. So the, the, the Iranians had every right to throw off that imperial regime. But in doing so, they took hostages out of the American embassy. And they kept those hostages for over a year 
so that Jimmy Carter would lose the election to Ronald Reagan. Oh, Ronald Reagan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan and the great journalist who recently passed away was a frequent guest on my show, Robert Perry, uncovered the whole plot. For those of you who've heard the term October Surprise, a lot of people get it confused. Uh, October Surprise was a term coined by the Reagan people because they were fearful that Carter might be able to rescue the hostages and win the election. So the future CIA director under Reagan, who would be William Casey, his running mate, H.W. Bush. Right. Both of them flew in a private plane in, to Paris in the summer of 1980, a private plane provided to them by the father of Osama bin Laden, because they were all friends then. Osama bin Laden's father flew Casey and Bush to Paris to meet with the Ayatollah and to convince the Ayatollah to keep the hostages so that they could win the election. And once they won the election, they would trade arms with Iran. Hence, um, you know, trading arms for hostages, the whole thing Reagan was investigated for. That was set up in 1980. And mm. that cost Carter the election. So when I saw October 7th, I said, wait a minute. Got another Democratic president here. You create a world conflict and pull him into it so that it costs him the election. Putin gets what he wants by getting Trump back in. Netanyahu, who is, who is the Trump of Israel, stays in power. And Putin gets to keep Israel and the United States. If Trump gets back in, the United States pulls out of Ukraine. Yep. Putin then promises Netanyahu, you stay out of Ukraine, I win Ukraine, you get all the Gazans out of Gaza then I will relocate all of the Jews in Ukraine into the newly settled place of Gaza. So, so these, that's the nexus of what's going on. And so that's, that's, that's what I saw it for. And I still see it for that. And the Biden administration is, is naive. I, I, I can't believe at this hour, they don't get it. They may not be able to articulate it in the way that I'm articulating in it, articulating it, but I'm sure they're trying to figure out a way out and it may be too late. And that's the thing. I mean, first of all, Mark, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> connecting every single damn dot. Um, because the schemes are extraordinary of the Republican Party. Treacherous, traitorous, right? right. Um, and go back beyond before Donald Trump, right? Um, to bring us to this current place and moment. And I will tell you that while for the last several months as this conflict has been going on and we have watched now, I don't even know what the number is, 30,000 plus, tens of thousands of people, children, right, be slaughtered relentlessly at the same time that you have the current administration talking once again about the soul of this nation and holding on to democracy in this nation and young people, black people, queer people, people of color are asking themselves, wait a minute, what is going on here? And I think for the first time, the wool has been pulled from people's eyes about this conflict in Israel and Gaza, in Israel and, 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 and Palestine, and people are seeing it as not this extraordinarily complicated historical, you know, religious uh, land ownership issue. But they are seeing it very clearly. Wait a minute. How does this oppressed people have the ability to turn off water, mm. food, access, right, to aid in such a manner? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it is through, right, the courage, I think, of the South African government uh, and the lawyers that brought the case in front of the, the ICJ 
to say, no, no, we've seen this before. We've seen, and the world has seen this before. So I'm wondering, you know, how does this administration miss this fact? Oh, and, and people told me when this, con- when, the, when this started on October 7th, they said foreign affairs never plays into domestic elections. I said, is that right? Mm. Because I think that you're wrong. And your assumption is that people are going to forget about this. Well, you can't go on any social media platform and avoid the videos and the pictures and the audio and all of the things in real time that are happening unfiltered by mainstream media. Right, right, right. So how does this administration not see and hear what is going on, particularly again when polls just came out and 60% of Americans believe that he is failing in this war right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think that you have some generational issues, and I'm not just saying, talking about Joe Biden's age, I think even the people around him, they're at one time, um, APAC had a disproportionate amount of influence in this country. It no longer has that. I think there's a fear that he might, if he does something, he may disaffect the Jewish electorate and lose their votes. But many of the Jewish, many in the Jewish electorate are out here in the streets with us, especially this younger generation. They are saying not in our names. So there's there's just this this tone, uh, 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 deafness. It's almost uh, um, damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But I think the, the most damning <laughs> is to continue this. I think there's much more to lose in continuing this. And the quicker this administration can get out of this conflict, the better. The quicker this administration can distance itself. And, you know, the, the story is that Biden said to Netanyahu that this was costly for him politically. He could lose the election. And Netanyahu's response was, I don't give a damn. Right. Because this is about him. I, 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 I think that they're overconfident. They think that by telling, so they, they want to say, I'm hearing their argument for, to the black electorate is, well, insulin is capped at $35, so y'all should vote for us again. Uh, that's it. Now, that's a good thing that you got mm-hmm. the insulin cap. But a lot of the things the administration has done, even on an economic level, are not that tangibly felt and are not tangible enough to say, oh, my God, let's people get out here and vote. The record number of women appointed to the federal judiciary, that's tangible, but not immediate. You know, people won't really feel that until their number is called or for years to come. So something that's on the news every day, a literal slaughter, is going to always overshadow things that are not tactile, that you can touch. You know, uh, uh, and I don't know how quick i don't I, I assume the insulin price reduction is kicked into place uh you know but you know i don't know that that in and of itself is enough and you can't trade all these bodies for insulin and then add insult to injury how on earth of, of all the luck they have you know at one time jimmy carter did plan a rescue something happened the rescue helicopters crashed into each other some people even said there might have been some foul play in that but look at Biden. A drone strike hits a hits a base and it manages to take out of all the people on that base, three black people, two young, beautiful black women. What kind of luck is that for this image? So that's not endearing either. So so the plan, I wouldn't want to be in this position. But first things first, get out of this conflict. Be 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 outspoken in terms of how wrong this is. Because I'm going to tell you something else, too. You alluded to this, Danielle. A lot of young people are dying, a lot of teenagers. Half that population is a teenage population. So what what is that really about, y'all? Think about this. You kill these teenagers' siblings, parents, relatives. What are you really doing? You are further radicalizing them 
to join whatever the next organization will be. It won't be Hamas because Hamas has run its course. Financed by Bibi Netanyahu. Ignored by Bibi Netanyahu on October 7th. Let's just kind of, you know, look away at this because this is going to help us. This is to Netanyahu when 9-11 was Giuliani and W. Bush. So whatever this new thing is, they're going to try to prop up because Israel and the Mossad cannot allow autonomous Palestinian leadership. It has to be controlled. Hamas, so they, 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 you have Hamas. It doesn't support a two-state solution. Netanyahu doesn't support a two-state solution. Right. So this next group, where, where are you going to get the recruits from? Oh, from all the teenagers whose family members you've killed. Because war is an industry. I was talking with a very influential Jewish leader just yesterday. And they were, you know, and, and let me tell you something to, to my Jewish friend. This is complicated. That people are conflicted. Families are torn asunder. It, and that's what it's designed to do. Cause confusion and conflict, even amongst families. And this person was like, well, Mark, what are we going to do? I said, let me ask you a question. Do you understand how war is an industry? So what better way to keep an industry going than to slaughter a bunch of people and leave only teenagers remaining so they can be embittered and radicalized for the rest of their lives to keep this thing going. So, so that's really where we are. Uh, and the Biden administration, because, I mean, we got to be able to walk two guns at the same time. We got to stop this, but we also can't allow Trump to be reelected. Unfortunately, Biden's the only choice, uh, but we got to figure this out. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My comment section, Mark, on my pages have changed dramatically over the last few months mm -hmm. where I have said in episodes of my shows and videos that I have posted that we're not voting for Joe Biden. Right. We're voting for democracy. 
I am not voting for that man because right now my values do not align. But I know that if we lose democracy in this country, how the hell are we going to fight for the Palestinian people? Right. And their humanity. Right. Right. right? Like that is it just doesn't there's no logic that connects those two things. It won't happen. It cannot happen. It will be impossible. And well, so, well, please. well, here's the the other part of the perfect storm. Of that though, Danielle, I want you. I want to put all this together. They've already started the narrative that it'll be because of us, black folk. Yes, are going to lose, but that's not true. It's because of this policy, but also because, folks, I want everybody to be aware of this. The entire media is focused on black men and black men not wanting to vote and black men not wanting to vote for Biden. And they find the most uninformed, and I don't mean uninformed in terms of ignorance, just people just don't have information. Informationless black men, random black men, Mm -hmm. to put on television to make these statements. They don't go and talk to black men who are informed or black men that can provide words of leadership, which is what we need. Now, mm-hmm. nothing more poignant than this. Cliff Albright of Black Voters Matter and I were in South Carolina two weeks ago. We were leaving after they had a big thing there, a rally, right before the primary. We're black men. And Cliff Albright is one of the leading black men voter mobilization organizers in the country, if not the leading one. The plane we're waiting to board, it lands, we're about to board. A couple of people get off the plane who are major mainstream media reporters working on a story about black men and voting. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? Good to see you, brother, brother, brother. Dab everybody up. My man. All right, doctor. Uh, what it is? Where you going? Are oh, we about to go interview some black men about voting? And we looked at each other, Cliff and I. We're black men in South Carolina. Who are you going to talk to? But there's this narrative. I got to go find just any old random black person. Right. Now, you go find a it. That fits the narrative. Do you know narrative. what I'm saying? That fits the narrative. And then not only that, elevate them on the media. as And then so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Enough black folks see that. Oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, not do either. I'm not supposed to vote. Right. Because television makes everybody a leader, unfortunately. A spokesperson, unfortunately, even if they're not qualified to be. So this is this is the the, the very... Very slippery, slippery slope we're on. And if we don't do something about and, and I'm going to tell you something else, too. White women, this is on y'all, too. Y'all elected Trump. So don't be looking at us. Y'all got to do your job. Now, so far, it's been happening. Every election since the reversal of Roe, Democrats have won. I think that there's still a way to pull this out because uh, Trump, Trump's still going to help us. He's going to continue to do crazy stuff uh, between now and November. Uh, and as we now know, the... Uh, appeals court is another court has ruled that he's not immune from prosecution. So if this boils down to if people look at this to your point about democracy, let's let's crystallize it even more. If this boils down to folks, your vote could determine whether an individual can go back in office and pardon himself for all his crimes and become immune to crime. Now, that kind of folks can kind of feel that. It guys say, wait, wait, wait. I'm not immune to crime. If I get a speeding ticket, I got to pay the ticket. If I get arrested, I got... So so everybody, even white folks feel that. White folks get arrested. So that may have to be it. For black people, if in fact the rumors are true, he's going to pick either Ben Carson or Tim Scott, Uncle Tim, then Uncle Ben's rights or Uncle Tim, then that will mobilize our electorate because if there's one thing even confused... Middle of the road, whatever uninformed black folk have, all black folk agree on is nobody likes Uncle Tom. So that may mobilize us. So there's still these variables out there, but that does not excuse the Biden administration from making the steps it needs to make to get out of this crazy conflict. This is a lose, lose situation for the Biden administration. There's no way this can end well. They already and you you helping somebody tell you we allies. Y'all don't even like each other. Netanyahu can't stand stand you, Joe Biden, and you know he's no good. So cut it out. Cut it out. Cease fire. 
Oh, the Reverend Mark Thompson, I can't appreciate you enough. Um, you are my dot connector, uh, <laughs> the history teller and weaver, um, and the Reverend on the front lines, united around humanity, around peace. And I just, I, I, I appreciate you so, so very much for making the time for Woke AF. Thank you, Daniel. Always a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Folks, I'll see you along the barricades and along the front lines. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.